Dad Podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life, whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive. Why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hey Dad Podcast, where you join us at the table as we talk about the many questions of life. I'm Reese. And I'm David. And he's my dad. We're going to go ahead and jump in with the question of the day. Dad, I love fall. It is cool. I think I think the season of autumn is one of the, it's my favorite season personally, but I'm wondering what is your favorite part of fall? What's your number one thing? Well, it's going to be a two-pronged answer, of course. Got to. Um one, just because we live in the South, any break from the oppressive heat. <laughs> That's such a good way to put it, the oppressive heat. Yeah, it's, it's just because by the time you get to the end of summer, you're just tired of it. Mm-hmm. You're just like, come on. And then you get those breaks and you know they're short lived. Mm-hmm. Like this week, the weather's been great. The high today was like 70 something. That's yeah. rare. And I know that within two weeks, if not less, it'll be back into the 90s. Right. Because it's it's what we have. Mm-hmm. But I enjoy it when it comes. Yep. But this time of year is college football, and I love college football. So that's probably my favorite part of fall is college football and just getting to enjoy that. Yeah. It's hard for me to give a single part of fall that I like because what I love about fall is the general vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like I'm saying nothing, but I'll explain it. I promise. <laughs> I'm saying something real. It's the blend of the fact that the weather's good, yeah, um, because it's not like you said oppressively hot. Mm -hmm. Mississippi's got a very short fall. We pretty much have like a month before we jump into it's just winter now. Sorry about that. It's true. Uh, But during that one month, the weather's great. Mississippi has a huge forest, like Mm -hmm. literally the whole northern part of our state, actually, and the middle is one giant forest. Yeah, and so when the when the trees change color. It looks incredible. It I love it. I it's love the pretty. look of fall. Yeah, that's and good. I feel like the third part of it that I love is the uh, that creates that general vibe is the sense of anticipation mm-hmm. because you've got Thanksgiving coming. That's true. You've got win- uh, Christmas coming. Yeah, I said winter. <laughs> uh, you got Christmas coming. My birthday's in November, so I like that part. Yeah, and then uh, even like the fall festival stuff that people do in October. Mm-hmm. Some people do Halloween. Some people either way. There's candy that's just being passed out. That's true. It's a great time. To it be, is a good time. It's a great time to be alive. Yeah. So I just falls my favorite. That's why I had to give like six answers. Yeah. But it's no, just, that's that's good. And we didn't even mention the pumpkin spice latte. No, no, because it's not really that important. Because it's no. a coffee. It is. It's a coffee, so it's kind of worthless. Yeah. I I might try it sometime mm-hmm. just to be able to, you know be disappointed that it still tastes like coffee. Yeah. But man, people love it. I know. We I, I still need to go by Starbucks and see if they will do a chai pumpkin spice, a yes. chumpkin, like yes. we talked about. Yeah. I that's a dream. That's the dream. Okay, so we've been discussing pain. We've mm-hmm. been talking about the reality of pain. We've been talking about how to navigate pain. But uh for the second half of this series, we're going to take a little bit of a shift into what pain looks like when it comes to grief 
and when it comes to mourning. Yeah. Because um, loss is something we're all going to face. And it's a very specific kind of pain. You know, uh, we've been talking in very general terms. You yeah. Know? We've been talking about, hey, it may be trauma. It may be something that happened. It yeah. may be, you know, just a life transition. But now we're going to move into something that we're all going to face, mm-hmm. are facing, or have faced. And we need to discuss how to how to navigate it. And that yeah. is loss and the grief and mourning that can come with that. Yeah. Um, so first of all, what's the difference between grieving and mourning? Because in my mind, mm-hmm. I always thought they were synonyms, but you yeah. kind of uh, let me know otherwise. Yeah, well, I learned this um, going through all our stuff, um, that they are actually two different things. We, we categorize them the same a lot of times, but they're really different. Grieving is that inward part of loss. Mm-hmm. That when you lose somebody, you know, it could be a family member, it could be a friend, you grieve that. It's mm-hmm. kind of what goes on inside of you. It's mm-hmm. grief and you grieve. Mourning is kind of the outward pain of that loss. So when you're mourning, it's more of kind of what you're doing, you know, when you just start crying right. or, or you know, you don't feel like going anywhere. You don't want to be around people. That's kind of a form of mourning. Because, you know, it's different things that happen to different people. But mourning is kind of more of what goes on on the outside. And when you're going through loss, a lot of times your mourning feels very strange because it comes up in ways you don't expect, at places you don't expect, Mm -hmm. um, where you could be driving down the street and feel fine, but then see something that reminds you of the person you lost. Maybe it's a favorite restaurant or an ice cream shop you used to go to. And all of a sudden you find yourself crying Mm -hmm. or you're hearing a favorite song or just anything like that. And so you have to understand that both have a purpose. um, But that's kind of the difference of it. And I and I learned that going through it and and going to a support group that kind of helped me deal with with the grief and and the mourning and everything, learning that it was two different things because I didn't know that either. Yeah. And uh, it what is what I'm hearing you say is grief is the feeling side of it, mm-hmm. the inward side. Yeah. Mourning is the behavior side of it, the outward side. Yeah. And I think it's important because you kind of hinted at this, but just to set up the context, part of the reason that we're doing this series on pain and we're mm-hmm. doing this series specifically this part about mourning is coming up real soon is going to be the four-year anniversary of when mom passed away. Yeah. Yeah, it was four years ago, the end of October. And, uh, you know, for us, every October is going to have that little bit of a, a tinge to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was talking to your sister the other day, and she talked about it, how, you know, it's a month away. Mm-hmm. And, and she was thinking about it. And, you know, it's one of those things that I think for us, And one of the things we can help people with and we'll talk about is, you know, it's still there. You don't forget. Right. It just doesn't hurt as much. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole thing about it is you're never going to forget your loved one. Mm -hmm. Even if you, you know, move on in life and do things, that's normal. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll always remember. Yeah. It just won't hurt as much. Um, That's the the thing to know. And you want to work through it the right way. So you can to go through that process because it's a normal process. Yeah. Yeah. And just to give some context for any listeners that don't really know our story. Yeah. Um, it was the summer of 2016 mm-hmm. where uh, mom, we discovered 
totally out of the blue. We had no idea. No idea. That mom had a very aggressive form of brain cancer known as glioblastoma. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just hit us out of nowhere. Yeah. And then pretty much right after that, we went to a really tough season um, in the hospital where some infection had set in after a brain surgery to remove Mm -hmm. some tumors. And we thought we were going to lose her for a while. Yeah. And praise God, she snapped out of it, out mm-hmm. of this, because she was in this hazy place where she wasn't kind of herself for a while. And she snapped out of it and she recovered. And we got another two years with her. But ultimately, in October of 2018, yeah, um, she did pass away. Uh, so that's kind of like the flyover version. You'll get to yeah. hear some of the details as we discuss through this. Mm-hmm. But that's where we're coming from. And yeah. that's kind of what it looked like for us up to the point of the actual loss itself. Yeah. And our motivation is to kind of help people as they walk through it Mm -hmm. to understand it. It's not that we're experts. We don't claim to be, you know, grief counseling experts. Yeah, we're not. We've just walked through it Mm -hmm. and we know how tough it is for people and we want to help them if they're going through it. And even people who may be facing loss. Yeah. But like you said earlier, Everybody will experience loss at one point or another. It may not be someone super close to you, yes. but it could be a grandparent you're close to. It could be a parent, um, a friend. And yeah. everybody experiences loss at some point in their life. I think that's true. And it's something where we just we want to help you guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No matter who you are, what age you are. Uh, if you haven't experienced a loss like this, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. But tuck this episode away. Yeah. For when those days come. Yeah. When it comes. Uh, or, you know, copy paste the notes in something, you know, where you're going to be able to look at it. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the way that we walk the grieving journey can make it more hard than it needs to be. Yeah, it's and true. And we want to help you guys yeah. from some of the lessons that we've learned. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about grieving first, because yeah. that's the part that's more expected. You know, we know that we're going to experience negative emotions mm-hmm. with loss. That's yeah. obviously going to happen. But what do we do? What do we do with that, you know? Yeah, the thing you don't want to do with grief is, one, run away from it, which we kind of talked about with the hurt a couple episodes ago. But um, we also don't want to see grief as something that I just need to get over it. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, okay, there's a giant wall in front of me. Once I climb over it, I'll be done with it. Yeah. That's not how grief works. Grief is a very emotional thing. It's very personal for every person. Every person's grief is different. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone will grieve differently because they feel different and they're an individual. Yes. And that's to be expected. Um, and what you want to do with it is not feel like you have to handle all that grief by yourself. Mm. Um, because sometimes grieving brings up things in our life that we didn't know were there. Mm-hmm. Like maybe as a person, you don't handle emotions very well. Maybe you're not super emotionally healthy in some ways. Mm-hmm. Well, then grieving will kind of accentuate that. Right. So you want to be careful that you don't try to fight all your grief alone. You don't want to just assume that what you're feeling, nobody else has felt in the world. Right. One of my favorite parts of going to the grief support group I went to for years um, and still go is going and hearing people's story because it, it validated me because they would say things that I was feeling and yeah. I'd be like, I'm not a freak. Yeah. I'm not crazy. 
Yeah. Because you go through all kinds of emotional ups and downs on the inside. And what you want to do in that state is be okay going through that. Because understanding it's a journey through it, but there is another side. You will right. get to the other side. The thing you don't want to do is just ignore it and try to run away from it. Yeah. No, that's very good. Now, what about mourning? Because mourning is like that outward side. And I feel like it makes people uncomfortable. You know, like we're, we get very uncomfortable if anybody's sad around us. Yeah. You know, we're not really good at that. Yeah. Our society doesn't mourn well. We don't mourn well as a society. People don't know what to do mm-hmm. with their feelings. Or they and feel I, like it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. We feel like it's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, or if somebody we're talking to is, you know, maybe going through loss and then all of a sudden they start crying, it makes us feel uncomfortable. So we're like, oh, I don't know what to do, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and so what people do is they become wary. Yep. So a lot of times you don't realize you're doing this, but you'll tend to ignore someone mm-hmm. who's going through a mourning process, which doesn't really help them. <laughs> yeah. Because then they feel isolated. Right. And yes, you feel uncomfortable. But if someone cries, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Tears are actually a great thing. When you cry, it, it helps you relieve stress. It does all kinds of good stuff to your body, you know, physically, but it helps your your mental side. If somebody starts crying, it's not your fault. Yeah. Like one of my favorite things is people who came up to me after losing your mom and they just treated me normal. Because mm. after a while, you kind of get tired of people coming up to you and giving you that compassionate look and, and just kind of feeling sorry for you almost. And I just want someone to come up and say, hey, did you see the game Saturday? Mm. I kind of wanted a little bit of normalcy. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't need someone to always come up and, you know, oh, how are you doing? And, and you want that from your friends. But, but sometimes you just need someone to treat you normal. And I think the thing to do is understand that if someone who's your friend is going through a mourning process, don't isolate them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying invade their life, but you want to make sure they know that, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. If you need anything, give me a call. Do you need any food, whatever? Yeah. Just be there for them. Yep. And don't be afraid that if they start crying in front of you, it's not your fault. Yeah. It's not something you did wrong. Yeah. I think that's true. And I think it's something where I can say this from personal experience for both of us. It's not the first week or two after losing someone that's mm-hmm. the toughest. Yeah. Um, at least not if there's a bunch of stuff to do because you kind of get in the task side of it. Yeah. To where, you know, all right, what are the arrangements? How's this going to work? How's that going to work? Where are we going to go to do it? Who's going to be there? All yeah. that kind of stuff. Even if you have a, they have a will set up with very specific instructions, mm-hmm. doing that keeps yeah. you busy. It does. It's a month into it when mm-hmm. everybody has said that they're sorry for your loss and then mentally moved on. Yeah. Not because they don't care, but they yeah. just are living their own lives. That's life. But you're still there. Mm-hmm. Your parent or spouse is still gone. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what to do. You know? Yeah. So being there for the person is so mm-hmm. important because in those seasons, yeah, it's helpful. Now, I want us to move to kind of some tips some good perspectives, yeah. some healthy perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, what are some good, healthy perspectives for people like, all right, let me, let's me let say I just started my grief journey. Mm-hmm. What are some things that are good for me to keep in mind so that I, I don't make it harder on myself 
in how I view grief. Yeah. I think one thing they can do is understand that grief, like we said earlier, it's a journey. Mm -hmm. It's it's not a race. Mm -hmm. There's not a finish line that once you cross it, everything is fixed. Um, there's, there's a famous paper put out called The Five Stages of Grief. And people have kind of used that as a, what stage are you at? Mm. And the author even said she never intended it to be that way. It's just a paper to show the different stages you may move in and out of them at different times. It's not a, well, if you're at stage three, you're going to then be at stage four. Grief is not a clear path. Yeah. Grief is kind of you forging your own path, which means things are going to be different. It's different for everybody. It's a very personal journey mm -hmm. when you're going through grief. And that's, I think, the most important thing to remember is that your journey will be different from other people's. Yeah. And be okay with that. Yeah. You know, don't don't try and force yourself just one day at a time. Just go through your journey. I think you're right. And I think that's probably the biggest perspective change that we need. Yeah. Because we naturally assume if I grieve well, it will be efficient. Yeah. It will be quick. It yeah. will be as painless as possible. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm going to cry. I'll, I'll journal a little bit to express my emotions and then I can move on with my life. Yeah. And that's not how it works. It's... uh journeying through grief takes a long time. I love how you said it's a journey to go through. It's not like a test you take. Yeah. And hey, if you take it well, you're good. You just move yeah, forward. Yeah. You made an A. Go ahead. Yeah. And it's not stages to where you work through four or five stages and you're done. It's more mm -hmm. like seasons. Yeah. To where like the seasons have a cycle, mm -hmm. but they repeat. Yeah. You know, just because you made it to winter doesn't mean that, all right, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Spring comes back again yep. and then it goes through this, the seasons again. And grief is very similar. We have to be less objective slash task oriented when it comes to grief and mm -hmm. be more how to walk the journey well oriented. Yeah. And understand that every day is going to be different. Mm -hmm. Some days will be better than others. And you can learn how to handle your grief as you walk through it. The biggest thing is just not to ignore it and try to act like it's not there. Mm -hmm. You know, because here's the other thing. Like, let's say, uh, like in my case, uh, my, my wife dies. Well, my children lost their mother. Mm -hmm. If I hide my grief in front of y'all, then it teaches you you don't need to grieve. Yeah. You don't need to mourn. But when I share my pain with y'all, it gives you permission to share your pain, which means it's okay to share that. Right. And I think we have to remember that in our society, people don't like the pain, but the only way to get through it is to walk through it. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. And you just don't want to try to run away from it and act like it's going to go away because yeah. it won't. No, I think that's true. And I think it's... Uh... That's where it's important to remember that grief is different for everybody. It is. Like I'll, I'll speak from my own personal experience with my story. Whenever mom passed away, something that I did not expect to deal with, mm -hmm. but was literally the worst part of it, was I began to really struggle with anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like just this general sense of dread. Yeah. That, you, know, I'll, you know, anytime any small thing hits, I'm like, I'm going to die. You know, something's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Or, you know, not being able to sleep very well. Just a lot of fear stuff. Mm -hmm. And like kind of like you said earlier, you know, I, I'd had things I was scared of before in my life, but yeah. nothing 
even yeah. came close to this. Mm-hmm. It, it was a every single day, multiple times a day, awful feeling. Yeah. And it lasted for over a year for mm-hmm. me. Um, and I got to the point to where I was, you know, really frustrated because I was like, I'm willing to do whatever. Yeah. I will. Because yeah. I was looking at it with the test mentality. Yeah. I was like, God, if you got something you want me to do, I'm doing it. I'm right there, man. Yeah. You, know, you tell, just tell me. Tell I'm, me. I'll do it. You want me to go to Spain for a year and yeah, yeah. live on the countryside? I'm going. <laughs> you know, I don't care. Just tell yeah, me yeah. To, to stop this. Yeah. And yet, ironically, as time has gone along, and I look in retrospect, having that mentality made it a little bit harder on, on me mm-hmm. because I thought to myself, well, this means I'm not doing it right. Yeah. And, and I wasn't experiencing the same thing you were mm-hmm. or Katie or whoever. Um, and so I was like, what, what's wrong with me? And that's yeah. not the mentality to have. No, and that's what a lot of people do is they 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 kind of base how they're doing on other people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes other people, they don't they mean well, but they'll say things to you, you know, you need to get over this, you need to move on with your life. Right. And what they're basically telling us it's time to stop hurting. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'd be glad to mm-hmm. if I could. Yeah. And and what you want to do is just make sure you're moving along because some people mm-hmm. will just stop and keep hurting forever. Mm-hmm. That's not the point. It's a journey. You walk through it. You go through it. So you want to, you know, that there is another side to it, and the other side is to where you can remember without the hurt. Yeah, and that's where you want to get to. Yep, and that's why I think being journey oriented is good. Yeah, because all you're focusing on is the next step. You're yeah. not trying to yeah. fix the whole thing at once. You're not mm-hmm. trying to assume like it can be answered quickly. Yeah. You're just saying, all right, Lord, here's where I'm at. Here's where I feel like you're wanting me to go. Yeah. I'm going to take a step today. That's and it. And just like we talked about earlier in the series, when you face your pain, it begins to lose its power over you. Yeah. Because if, you, if you're running from it, it's yeah. controlling you. Yeah, That's it's true. That's the truth of it. It's it, still in charge. Yeah, same thing with grief. Mm-hmm. If you're running from the pain of grief, it, it's controlling you. Yeah, it and will you be. you don't want that. So one of the biggest questions I think people have is where does faith fit into all of this? Where, mm-hmm. How does loss and my relationship with God work? Like how do I live with those two things in tension? Yeah. And so next week we're going to do a full session just on that. Yeah. Because, uh, and it, who knows, it may turn into two depending yeah, on it how it be. goes. But uh, we just really want to be able to help you guys walk through the journey with God mm-hmm. and not get bitter at him. Yeah, that's uh, the key. Because that is tempting. Oh, in, it is. In the moment, it's tempting. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to be covering next week. All right, uh, let's go ahead and jump into the Q&A for today. Uh, question number one. I feel like my pain pushes people away and it's hard to have a relationship with anyone. How can I get someone to help me with my pain if no one stays around? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think it starts with you looking at the purpose of friendship. Um, you may have a higher expectation of what the friendship means mm. because it's really not your friend's job to take the pain away. Mm. 
it's your job to work through your own pain. A friend can help you with that. But if you have an expectation, it's almost like the, the, the whole thing, you're going to find the person who completes you. Uh, okay, that just doesn't happen. No. You have to learn how to be complete in yourself. And in God, yeah. really. Well, like really, he, and that's what the term holy means whole. Right. And that's what God is. He's whole. He doesn't need anything or anyone. And it's not that we don't need. We just need to learn to be content in who we are the way God made us, our relationship with Him. And where He's put us. Right and now. where He's put us. And as we're working through pain, that's a process we go through. That's not someone else's responsibility. That's our responsibility. Now, friendship is different. Friendship is just people who love you, you love them. If you go into a friendship expecting, okay, you're going to help me with my pain, that's not fair to the other person because you're expecting them to be God to you. And that's idolatry, and that never works out well. Right. No, I think I think that's true. And I think that's where, you know, having some alternative methods for processing your pain is going to be good. Yeah. Um, I know, Dad, journaling has had a big realm, mm-hmm. realm of healing for you. Yeah. Just in terms of getting your thoughts down on paper, being able to look at them. Uh, prayer, reading scripture, yeah. uh, reading books, resources any way of expressing some people get into certain art styles yeah um, like somebody will paint or whatever and, mm-hmm. and all of those are okay but it, it's a way to express your emotions yeah and that's the thing you want to do is you don't want to just vomit your emotions on everybody yeah all if time. you go out with someone and you're like hey fix me they're gonna run as they should um, because it's really not their job and I mm-hmm. think what you want to do is not beat yourself up, but just say, okay, maybe I'm expecting a little too much from a person and I'm kind of pushing them away by doing that. And that's why I have a hard time having close friends or good relationships. Yeah. Okay. Question number two, serving sounds good, but where would I even start doing it and it not be awkward? I feel like it would be weird to just show up somewhere and offer to help. Okay. Yeah. That came last episode. We talked about serving as an antidote to kind of especially if you're going through pain, if you're kind of being too introspective. And I would say just look for the opportunities that are around you. It could be something as simple as helping a neighbor with their yard work. Maybe there's an elderly person who lives in your neighborhood. Or it could be getting involved at church and finding ministries that you could help with. Mm -hmm. You know, almost every church I know needs people to help with nursery, with children's ministry, with youth ministry with with whatever you know if they have a feeding ministry if they have a sunday school you know whatever yeah find a place to serve just to get outside of yourself mm-hmm. there's opportunities out there just look for what you do normally mm-hmm. and kind of look for those opportunities where they are and you don't want to serve just to make yourself feel better a lot of people do a one time service somewhere okay i did my serving for the year mm-hmm. i'm talking about serving where it cost you a little something Right. It costs your time. It costs your energy. That's real serving. Right. That's not appeasement of guilt serving. And so you want to find those areas to serve because that's the one that's really going to do you the most good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree with all that. We'll go ahead and move to our last question. Okay. Um, I always seem to be low on money. Hmm. I have a pretty good job, but I seem to never have enough cash. What do you suggest to change that around? We were talking about this earlier. Yeah, yeah. It it really starts with you figuring out where your money's going. Yep. 
And, you know, there's tons of resources out there. But the first thing is you really got to look at what am I actually spending money on? Mm -hmm. Because you'll be amazed at how easy it is to spend large amounts of cash and not have a whole lot to show for it. On the dumbest stuff. Yeah. Well, and then you never save up to where when you have the emergency hit, you're not prepared. Right. So I would say start with seeing where's my money going and then start doing the classic set a budget, tell your money where to go and be realistic, you know, and it may mean you looking at your budget going, I spend that much at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. You know, some people every morning they drive by and they say, well, it's only five, six bucks. Well, you do that every day of the week, you know, four times, you know, four weeks out of the month, you're talking 120, 150 or more bucks. And that's cheap. Yeah. If you like some people I know eat lunch every day of the week out 15, 20, 25 bucks, that all adds up. Mm -hmm. And so what you want to do is say, okay, where is my money going? Yeah. And then, okay, what can I do? to bring some discipline to it. And it may mean you having to learn how to tell yourself no Mm -hmm. and really stick to a budget. The self-discipline of budgeting will help you in every other area of your life because it's self-discipline, it's self-control. So I would start with, where's your money going? Figure that out and then start working on a budget. Yeah, Um, you talk about this, Dad, mirror time, Mm -hmm. which is where you just look at reality. You're not sugarcoating it but you're not tearing yourself up about it. Yeah. That is literally what budgeting is. It budgeting is. Budgeting is looking at the reality of where your money's going. Yeah. That's the first step. That's where I'd start uh, a free app to do that, that we've both been talking about earlier was mm-hmm. Mint Mobile yeah. uh, or just Mint. Mint. By, yeah. It's, uh, it has a good mobile app, obviously. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought of that first. But uh, it will link to your accounts and keep track of all your transactions and you can categorize them and see what you're spending each month. Yeah. So that would be a great place to start. It's completely free. They mm-hmm. also have some resources on how to set up a budget. Um, if you have money and you're really big into wanting to do this, like you want yeah. to go all in, Financial Peace University yep, Dave is Ramsey. a way to do it. Dave mm-hmm. Ramsey has that. Um, but a free version, and I think really what's going to do 80% of it for you yeah. is just the budget part. It it's is. not glamorous. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing as like with health, eating right and working out. Yeah. Not glamorous, nope. but not complicated. But it works every time. It works every single time. Yep. And so I would also, one last note, making a budget is not the same thing as keeping track of your budget. Yeah, sticking um, to it. And I'm saying this from personal experience. I cannot tell you how many times I've set a budget over the years and then just done whatever. Yeah. And I felt good about making my budget, but I just moved on mentally and I just never came back to it. So having maybe a rhythm Mm -hmm. where, hey, once a month I'm going in, I'm looking at for the previous month, I'm looking ahead at the next month. Or for me, what I'm personally wanting to do is set the budget for the month and then once a week just saying, all right, where are we on the track? And that can be as simple as looking at the phone, being like, ooh, said I was going to spend $20 on this and I spent 25 yeah, that's not good, you know. Well, and it's also like I've been going through uh, stuff, getting my uh, securities license to help people with financial planning, and the the power of compound interest. I mean, if you start at a young age, just putting a little bit of money aside in a good investment, I mean, by the time you retire, you could have a million or more mm-hmm. as it builds up. It's so easy to do it that way 
but you've got to start early and it does take self-discipline, which is hard, I get that. Um, but if you make the right decisions early, you'll reap the benefits later, no doubt. Yeah, but it all starts with the budgeting. It so does. I think you're right. I think yeah. that's where you start and it, it all is built on that. That's the bedrock. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, that's all the time we got for today. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the podcast. I hope that these tips are helping you guys. And if you have any specific questions, anything you need uh, to just get an opinion on, or, or even just a dumb question, you can message us on Instagram at the Hey Dad Podcast, or you can email us at questions at heydad.us. See you guys in the next episode. joining us on the Hey Dad Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at the Hey Dad Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you.